Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. And this week, there are a lot of things going on that a lot of people hate, so we decided to bring you something that we love. We, we're we just traveling back in time to a simpler election year. Yeah. Which is wild. 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 But- I don't even want to get into that yet because we had a no. full on nine one one meltdown situation, and I'm gonna yeah. just come in hot and say yeah. pew 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 <laughs> pew pew. Um, we have a little finger news bulletin here. This is an incredibly important one. Yeah. And uh, do you want to share the news? I feel like you get to, because this was, like, your breaking news moment. Okay, so I sent Kirstie a Slack today at 1.12 p.m. that featured, like, no less than seven 911s. Yes. Followed by this link to a Deadline article, and it was a press release about a new film, a romantic drama that will be coming to (laughs) televisions and or theaters maybe near you. Starring our good, good friend, Sam Hewen. Hot and tall in perpetuity. Yep. Uh, Priyanka Chopra. Chopra? And um, Celine Dion. (laughs) And also somehow Celine Dion. But you know what, folks? That's only the tip of the iceberg, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) My heart will go on for the way that this release buried the fucking lead of this movie. <laughs> I, I really want you to read like the whole paragraph because I think the author of this press release like did an art here. Okay, so we come to the information of we know the cast and we know that this movie is called Text for you. <laughs> Text for you. <laughs> Text for you. Which, yikes. So, <laughs> this is the paragraph. It says, this film is inspired by the 2016 German language box office hit SMS for D. Unclear, but it sounds like... We speak German. SMS for Dick, and I'm going to assume that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is based on Sophie Kramer's popular novel. It's about a woman who, to ease the pain after tragically losing her fiancé, starts to send romantic texts to his old cell phone. It turns out the phone number has been reassigned to a man across town suffering from similar heartbreak. The two meet and feel an undeniable connection, but can't seem to leave the past behind. In this English-language remake... The music and influence of Celine Dion gives them the courage to take a chance on love again. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Holy shit! Talk about coming in hot! I'm sitting there reading this and I'm like, okay, strike one. Out of 
adaptation of a German adaptation of a novel. Okay. And then we get into some Black Mirror shit. Yeah. Like, oh my god. And then it's just like... The music influence influence of Celine Dion gives them the courage to take the chance on love again. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> it's a romance film. What do you want? I mean, I've just been like plagued by questions ever since I've read this. I've which, thought about this literally all day. Yeah, I mean, like I told you, like what came first, Celine Dion, the narrative device or Celine Dion the casting choice. Who's okay, to now say? that I know that this was ultimately from a novel, I think we can actually figure this out. Well, it says the English version will be about Celine Dion, so I suspect Oh shit. that there's something there. But like also Celine Dion, are you playing yourself or is this like a Sharon Mommy at 2 situation? Is this like Loki a musical? Why are you here? I or will there be any dads? I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. Will there be any dads? Exactly how many of our dads <laughs> will be there? Also, like, I'm I'm unwell. This whole concept sounds like the mix of, like, a Hallmark movie and a bad yes. Netflix movie about yes. texting. Yes. And also Celine Dion. And also somehow Celine Dion is there. As I said to you, like, I really want to live in a world where somebody had to pitch this to Celine Dion. Like, somebody had the rights to this adaptation and was like, this couple experiencing grief via a dead husband's cell phone number need the music and influence of someone to help them take a chance on love again. And who better than Celine Dion? Well, okay. So further follow-up questions here. Is this a, like, does this movie take place in 1997 or does this take place today? How does Celine Dion factor into that? Yep. Will they be attending (laughs) any of her residency shows at Caesars Palace? (laughs) I, 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 I'm speechless, honestly. Like, is it in Montreal in the 90s, or is it current day in Vegas? Right. I have, like, some insider information about Celine Dion, and that I know that she's unhinged. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> like, these days she's in a place, so, like... Yep. Wow, 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 wow. Although, honestly, that's been true for, like, a hot minute. Yeah, that's been true, but, like, I have yeah. details I don't feel like I can sure. share on this one. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. I And, like... How do they bond over Celine Dion? Is it like, I'm going to text some heartfelt words about my dead husband, and then Sam Hewen texts back and is like, yeah, I'm also listening to Celine Dion. <laughs> Let's bone. I can't. I just, I just can't. I, I, I don't know. We'll have more for you on this as we learn more, I think. Yes, we'll be following it is going this to be, story. We absolutely should be setting Google alerts if we haven't already. No, you're right. That's true. Like, this is critical. <laughs> and if you critical. out there encounter any intel about whatever the fuck this abomination is, <laughs> please notify us immediately. If you have seen SMS for Dick, <laughs> yes. I yes. want to know. Tell I, I did a Google 
And there's really not much on the internet about SFS for Dick. Um, there's a, a, a cast list, and that's basically it. Um, I, like, I've never heard a working title work more than text for you, but like, yikes. Text for you. Text for you. Text for you. <laughs> Even if that's what the book is called, you 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 are allowed to do better. You are allowed to do better. That's one of the things they let you do when you adapt things. <sighs> I I was this close to using that as a segue line, and then I realized yeah, we're in I the wrong episode for that. <laughs> it's fine. It'll come back. Yeah, so... Anyway, let's move on to our real topic, although I'd like to talk about this all time. <laughs> I do have more that I could say about text for dick. Text for you, sorry. <laughs> In the meantime, um, yeah, so we mentioned it's, uh, it's an election week, I Everything think. Everything this week is trash. Everything has been trash for a long time. <laughs> But this week, the inevitable happens, so... Yeah. And we should say up front, we're recording this on Tuesday before the election. Tuesday, October 27th. So we don't know where... I mean, the world could be a different place by then. It probably won't be. Yeah. Just things are both (laughs) escalating very quickly and treading water in exactly the place we've been in since 2015. Yeah. So, so in the spirit of patriotism or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is. We we wanted to bring some lighter content from the year of our Lord two thousand and four. Another wild year. Two thousand four. I had to Google it. <laughs> it was John what did happen in Kerry and George yes. Bush. That I knew. I didn't remember John Kerry. I also didn't remember that John Edwards was a yes. person and that he wasn't a Republican. <laughs> yes. Goodbye. I remember all that. And he had a very short-lived time in the election because he, like, cheated on his wife who had cancer or some shit. Oh. Yeah. Also, maybe something with campaign finance or maybe that was a different person named John it's unclear. I don't know. White men are Welcome white men. to American <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah. So, 2004, I was, what, like 15? Does that sound yeah. right? Give or take? Was, yeah. Um, so, we're going to go on a little rom-com journey. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is this the history lesson you prepared for me? I have a history lesson. Oh, I'm so ready. So, not to bury the lead the way they did with Celine Dion in Text for Dick, uh, we're talking about the teen rom-com Chasing Liberty today. Yeah. Please be excited. It includes A. Wine Matthew, so, you know. (laughs) High quality content here. But anyway, the history lesson, because it's never not rom com vacation, is that we didn't really talk about like the team, teen rom com revival. Sure. Which I would peg starting in like the very late 90s, because we had like the 80s and mm-hmm. we had some like 
16 candles, etc. And then there was a whole portion of the 90s where if they were making, like, teen content, it was more, like, action-y or comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't really a rom-com. And then in the late, late, late 90s, um, started, there were, like, a few. Like, there was, like, Clueless here and there or stuff like that. But really in 99 was, like, 10 Things I Hate About You and She's All That those types of movies kicked this off. So then there was this whole phase and I feel like it was, maybe this is just our experience, but like we were at the age where like we were aging out of like the parent trap and Mary Kate and Ashley and like these like preteen movies. And it seemed at that time, these all came to the forefront. So I don't know what was happening for like the teens of the early (laughs) nineties. Like, I don't know why they didn't get it. I think they just got shafted with, like, You've Got Mail. No. I think, like, everybody had to watch that. That was 97. Aw. What is time? (laughs) Ugh. (laughs) But anyway, so there was this whole, like, bubble of this type of movie, which was either about, like, high schoolers or college students. Mm -hmm. It was very rom-com-y from, like, 2002 to 2005 specifically a lot that were about Europe (laughs) for (laughs) reasons I can't explain for example what a girl wants bend it like Beckham chasing liberty Euro trip the prince and me princess diaries sisterhood of the traveling pants (laughs) yep (laughs) yep I don't know why (laughs) The Hillary Duff movie. Uh, no, the Lizzie McGuire movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yep. also, like, not Europe-specific, but in that same time period, like, Cinderella Story and Mean Girls and yep. those it types of It was a good movies. time for teen movies. It was, like, I knew it was a bubble in my head, but then I looked up the dates and I was like, this was literally, yeah. like, a two-year span. And then they just disappeared just, again. like, fucking lit. Yeah. So then there were, like very few like i would categorize like to all the boys i've loved before in this same bucket as like a newer version of that but i can't really think of many the other revival examples. of the revival yeah um so anyway <laughs> that is the table setting <laughs> that is the history lesson for where we find ourselves the other fun fact that i think you alluded to when we were talking about this movie, is that there was another movie that came out in 2004. Are we ready to go there? Yeah, we're ready to go there. That was literally the exact... You're following my outline for this episode. Oh my god, look at that. (laughs) Uh, That was was the exact same movie starring Katie Holmes, titled First Daughter. (laughs) So, based on my research, Chasing Liberty was also called First Daughter for a long time. Oh shit. And... They got in a, like, race to get it out first. Yep. And Warner Brothers, like, gave back the name to what is now First Daughter and went with Chasing Liberty. I think ultimately that was a good choice for Warner Brothers because First Daughter is a nondescript name. And also both movies tanked, but it seems like First Daughter did worse. Yeah. Like, if you were going to talk to a room of our peers and say, what was the movie about the president's daughter? (laughs) 
they would probably say Chasing Liberty. Chasing Liberty. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, people out there. Um, <laughs> let's see. This one made less money than Chasing Liberty did. First Daughter did? Yep. Mm. So, by objective standards, it was less good. <laughs> Chasing Liberty made <laughs> half of what they spent to make <laughs> They, yeah, they made... They made $12 million and budget was yeah. $23. Yeah. Um, I also read that this one was inspired by Chelsea Clinton specifically, so I'm assuming the other one was also. Yep. Which, like, well, timeline-wise kind of makes sense, yeah. You asked why during this time there was, like, such a thing for presidential daughters, and I was like, it's the combination of Chelsea Clinton and the Bush twins. Yeah. That's all we had going on. That's all we had going on. We had a bunch of presidential daughters all in a row. I'm going to also... Chelsea Clinton was up to all kinds of shenanigans. I'm going to so. jump to the end of my notes. Oh. <laughs> I suspect there is a little bit of Princess Diana. <laughs> okay, yeah. You mentioned Invoked. this, so... In the Let's talk about this. Security for high-profile governmental-ish figures. Okay, so talk more. Uh, I rationalize just, this more, I, I think. Well, like, before we have to get into plot a little bit, but yeah. since we're talking about presidential daughters, it was just, like, it was under ten years since she got killed. It mm-hmm. was still a thing. Like, you know, people held on to that for a long time. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I people. just think people, not me. People. Not not anybody <laughs> on this podcast, but just people, you know. I just can't help but assume that that was in mind in someone's head when they were trying to plot a movie about a someone associated with a government who was traveling through Europe who didn't want any like, want to be recognized or didn't want any attention from anyone, but actually needed to be protected by people because they were, like, a target. I think, maybe. I think I would give it to you in a more, like, subconscious way. I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think In the way that Princess Diana was, like, a victim of, like, the cult of celebrity. Yeah, and I think this was, like, the peak of that same time frame. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Fair it was, enough. like, they weren't pointing to it and saying, like, this is the same. <laughs> Mandy Moore you- is Princess Diana. <laughs> you know what? In the Lifetime original movie. Not any more Jason offensive Liberty. than Kristen Stewart being Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm oh my God. fine about. Anyway. Yeah. Kelsey has no feelings about any casting of Princess Diana ever. Never. Mm-mm. I don't have any feelings about any crown casting right now at all. Never. I haven't no. been, like, upset about it for days, but it's fine. It's fine. Everything is totally fine. <sighs> okay, so I talked a lot. Do you want to talk about plot? <laughs> okay. So this movie is about the daughter of a president who is in his second term. So she's been dealing with being the daughter of a president for a fucking long time. And she's 18, and she wants to go on dates with boys, so she has a date, and the boy comes to the White House, and he gets frisked by security, and it's traumatizing, because he's an entitled 
mediocre white boy Mm -hmm. who doesn't seem to believe that he should have to go through security to get to the White House. Yeah. And then they go out to dinner, and his dumb jock friends come and try to pull a prank on them, and the Secret Service think he's pulling a gun, and they all freak out and destroy the restaurant. And she barges in on an important meeting of government people, <laughs> like NATO, basically, <laughs> in the Oval Office to be like, Dad, I want to date boys. <laughs> I'm going to be a virgin forever. Yes. Um, so then she, it comes out that her dad is going to be taking a trip to Prague for state reasons. And she negotiates a deal to go to a concert with her friend who's the daughter of a French government. (laughs) Yeah. And she only wants dad to send her with two Secret Service agents instead of, like, the massive posse. That's not the word I was looking for, but it's the only one I had. (laughs) I don't want my posse to come with me tonight. Um, So he agrees that he'll only send two agents. And they go to Prague. And she goes to the concert and is shocked and dismayed to discover (laughs) that there are many agents. (laughs) So she runs away from the concert and bumps into a beautiful man on a scooter and makes a dramatic getaway through the streets of Prague on the back of this man's scooter. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who among us? <laughs> Matthew Good, getting it since 2004. <laughs> is this the short wine, Matthew? No. Or the tall one? The tall. This is the tall one. How okay. dare you? Okay. Oh. I'm rusty. It's been a while. <sighs> Well, I haven't spent much time with the Matthews recently. Oh God. <laughs> um, so, and also, also, I know we're going to get to it, but you do have to give me that those bell bottoms <laughs> were distracting. Right here, men's bell bottoms. It's a full <laughs> line on my notes. <laughs> I know we're going to get there, but. Um, so he whisks her away and. They go to a pub, and she gets super drunk, and when she goes to the bathroom, it is revealed that he is also a Secret Service agent, and her father decides that in order to give her a taste of teenage rebellion, he's going to let her run away from home across Europe all weekend, but he's going to send this undercover Secret Service agent with her and not let him identify himself as such. To protect her so that she can be free but safe. And then hijinks ensue across all of Europe, and they fall in love awkwardly, and then she finds out that he's Secret Service, and she's betrayed, and then he has to rescue her dramatically. And then, spoiler alert, we get a gender-bent grand romantic gesture. Yep. And then they make out awkwardly in Berlin or something. In London. In London this time. Because he's British. Right. Sure. <laughs> you really, like, got a lot in there. Yeah. It's what, it's, it follows a classic formula of there being ten times more table setting than actual plot. Yep. 
it's like the first third is just like, here's everything you need to know. Yeah. And the second third is like, well, I guess you're sitting here, so we got to have some scenes. And then the last third is like, oh, wait, we now we have to resolve the story. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting watching this. <laughs> It had been a while. Had you seen it before? I had, no, I had never seen okay. it. And we talked about it back in the day when we did rom-com education. Mm-hmm. Can't remember at this point now what the outcome of that conversation was, but it was on your syllabus. Yeah. So there was something you wanted me to get out of it. I think, like, it was just a pinnacle, like, teen sure. rom-com situation. But... Yes. Okay. My, like, nostalgic memory of this movie, besides Matthew Good being hot, which stands strongly, um, was, like, I had loved it, and it was partly because it was, like, a more mature, like, rom-com than, like, kids' movies, or, you know, there was, like, low-key some banging happening. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, she does get naked in front of him multiple times. So it was like, it felt... I mean, this is what, PG-13? Yeah, yeah. PG-13. It was age-appropriate, but it felt like a little bit more, I don't know, grown up. Grown up. When I watched it as a 15-year-old. <laughs> and when I watched it as a 31-year-old. <laughs> this movie is, like, mostly about gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> a little bit about betrayal. Yes. And a little bit about Matthew Good getting a really fucking awkward job that yes. is uncomfortable for everyone. <laughs> and Matthew Good seems to be the only person in the entire film who, like, <laughs> notices that this whole fucking thing is buck wild. Yes. <laughs> like, even, like, Mandy Moore gets mad about it, but then she, like, wants to still date him at the end of all of it. And he's the only one who clearly from the beginning is like... Pump the fucking brakes. <laughs> you want me to do what? Like, I definitely had a similar reaction to, like, when I realized as an adult that, like, the parent trap would generate a lot of, like, trauma. Yes. Yeah. Like, similar here where, like, the trust issues that would have been yes. generated between her and her parents. Yeah. And her and this man. And her and, like, all of her PPOs. Like. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they try to, like, they scrape the surface of that for narrative reasons. Yes. <laughs> but wow. They're definitely trying to sell it like a zany setup. And it is one of those things where, like, it's not zany. It's, it's, oops. It's, I-E. oops. Like, it's really a gray area, huh? Yeah, it's like. It doesn't feel super rewarding when they're in love at the end, because it's like, for both of them, it feels murky. Like, it's like Stockholm Syndrome on both sides somehow. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're both prisoner in this situation. (laughs) Like, I don't really fault them for liking each other, but, like, boy, those circumstances make that problematic i mean that's the thing it's like they i think they fell in love and we're throwing this around loosely like yeah you know this is this is like have the benefit of the doubt there or you can 
buy in. Well, it's like they fell in love, but then if you did a where are they now, like they definitely broke up like a year later. Yeah. Um. If for no other reason than he was 23 and she was 18, which is like real <laughs> stage of life problems there. Yikes. They like, that was a real line to balance for those people making this movie huh <laughs> yeah well i mean this was like also the time of like barely legal and yeah what they like so reiterated it, several times that she was 18 <laughs> yeah so everything was just cool yeah um but anyway because like i i the thing that's tricky is that it's, like, not so much that they love each other, but that they've now been through this thing together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you bond with someone who you would have no other connection with? Yeah. Except that you've just lived through this significant life mm-hmm. event. And that's what this felt like, which makes it really hard to root for them as a couple, because it's not like you guys are soulmates who only met because of cosmic circumstances. It's like... You guys are traumatized, and only you can understand what happened in that three-day span. Yeah. And, like, there's so much miscommunication. Mm-hmm. There's so much of, like, her thinking that there's romance happening and him being like, I don't want this to be my job, but I'm yep. stuck doing this job that's really uncomfortable. Yep. There's, like, some workplace sexual harassment. Yep. There's a, that's also an entire plot. <laughs> There's an entire plot that's literally just workplace sexual harassment that somehow ends in consensual boning. Mm-hmm. And I have 10,000 questions about... Mm-hmm. So she has these two agents who are the buddy cops. Yeah. Who follow her around. And they have a romance plot for no good reason. And basically the romance is that the male cop just, like, wore the female cop down until eventually she was like, I guess you're sexy. And then... I mean, I assume that she liked him all along, but he's also, like, not a redeeming person. No, he's <laughs> And a he doesn't go through bag. any arc of, like, understanding what he's doing is inappropriate. No. He just, like, keeps bugging her, and then they're in Venice, and she's like, sure, we'll make out on the job. Right. It- <laughs> Other things I liked about this movie as a kid that I think were fair (laughs) was the general, like, which I guess was a trend, the, like, traipsing through Europe. Yes. Doing fun things, going on adventures plot. And I think the other thing that they got right was their weird friend that they pick up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That felt very true. Very, very true. As somebody who did flounce across Europe for a brief period of time, Mm -hmm. there are a good many McGruffs that you do pick up along the way. Yep. So. Yeah. It wasn't totally wrong. (laughs) It was not totally wrong. (laughs) I've never been pickpocketed by somebody that I Mm. friend picked up at a bar, but I definitely had people give me stickers. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) It's funny, like, so, in my head, there were so many, like, moments in this movie that were, like, I remembered so vividly, like, if you hadn't even 
If I hadn't even watched it, I could have told you, like, they go to Venice, and they try on the masks, and then they go oh, and yes. jump on the, like, do bungee jumping, and they go on the train, and whatever, and they go to Pride. And then, like, watching it, it was like, bam, bam, bam. It wasn't, there was yep. nothing else there. That's no. <laughs> literally just, like, shiny object, shiny object. <laughs> literally. <laughs> That's why I said the middle third is literally just like, oh, whoops, I guess you're sitting in the theater, so... Yeah. We better put in some scenes now. Yeah. I mean... I've seen worse movies. I have seen worse movies, yes. Um, the My takeaway from it as a 30-year-old woman yeah. is... I had so many like borderline post traumatic <laughs> flashbacks of mid 2000s fashion. Mhm. Mhm. That shaggy fucking haircut? Yeah. Let me tell you how many bad haircuts I had trying to get the shaggy haircut. Oh. So many. Her lip gloss be popping. <laughs> <laughs> like and like the number of of shots of women from behind, running in slightly too big, low-rise jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. It really paints a picture. Yes. Of a time. Yeah. That was, like... I know this joke has been made a lot recently, but it was, like, a good time to reflect on how much that time was all about informal wear. It's literally just, like, jeans and t-shirts were the only fashion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro that being the only fashion, but I mean it was it's like fine. Preferably in a higher rise. <laughs> a much higher rise. A much, much higher rise. And a much longer t-shirt. Yes. I think. <laughs> there were so many exposed backs. Yep. Oh yeah. What a wild time. I mean the most wild thing though was Matthew Good's bell bottoms. <laughs> His bell bottoms. It's time to talk about men and bell bottoms. <laughs> so I didn't notice them throughout the whole movie, but then there's a shot yes. at the end. Yes, 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 and they, yes. Like, this was when I texted you. Either up or down his body, doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it's almost like a 2004 equivalent of a drone shot where it's kind of like close and then it kind of goes yeah. out at an upward angle. And because she's being escorted away in a helicopter. Yeah. And you see him walking. And he's just wearing these, like, very large, like, yes. black acid wash bell bottoms. I mean, it's the jeans he's been wearing all along, but there was this, like, <laughs> very specific, like, bootcut, straight-cut hybrid that was popular at the time, where yeah. it was, like, meant to be, like, a low-key bootcut. I w they just also, you get on it, like, in it that hits you, like, an assault, like. <laughs> I think it's the midriffs. Because mm -hmm. he, like, reaches up and his, like, band tee or whatever the fuck mm -hmm. he was wearing, like, gets caught on his big-ass belt. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh. And he's got, like, yeah. bands or converse or something basic. It makes me want to, like, go back to the other movies of this era and see if they were wearing men's bell bottoms in all of them. <laughs> they definitely were. They absolutely were. And speaking of men in bell bottoms, there are two different scenes that are scored with Jason Mraz. Yes. And it caught me so off guard to have Jason Mraz so front and center that I 
actually couldn't identify that that's who that was or that that's what was happening. It was almost like a denial thing. And then so that that happens in an early scene. And then it there's like a second scene towards the end where that song comes back. And my husband had sat down on the couch at that moment. And he's like, oh, is this Jason Mraz? And I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I was trying to figure that out earlier. I guess that is. Huh? <laughs> and they they brought him back again. Same song. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It definitely had a, a certain um, sound aesthetic. I some in one of the things I have pulled up, I have the actual track list. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't recognize anyone but Jason Mraz, but the vibe was recognizable. <laughs> yeah, none of them are that interesting. I mean. My last take is <laughs> that chasing Liberty <laughs> walked so the spy who dumped me could run. fighter, but choose your hot government escort. (laughs) (laughs) I'm processing it in waves. Problem is that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yep. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. What a perfect what a perfect note. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the number of things that went through my brain. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts on 
early aughts teenage rom-coms and or men's bell bottoms and or hot European escort men or <laughs> sound rom. But it's so right. <laughs> the thing about it is that's basically what the president did. interested in this content that we're bringing you today. It'd be so good. All the way way through breaking Celine Dion news through the men in bell bottoms. Secret Service male escorts in Europe. If you thought that's a good that's a good podcast, then you should go leave us a five star review and tell us your favorite mid aughts men and bell bottoms. Yeah, please. Yeah. Do you think there are any pictures? How do I Google for this of Sam Hewen and bell bottoms? Oh boy! All right, well, we're gonna while you do that, I'm just gonna close this out. Dear God. Okay. Um. <sighs> If you want to listen to something that is not any of the things that we just described, I don't know why, but if you do, you can find more shows like that at Thought Bubble Audio FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can search for Thought Bubble Audio in your podcast feed or on Patreon or on the good old Google machine. And I think that's all. Um, I didn't find Sam Hewen wearing bell bottoms, but I did find whatever the fuck this is. Um, I don't think I want it. You are going to have to put this into your eyeballs because I just sent it to you. Should I open this incognito? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, I I don't know what this is. This is... Katrina Balf wearing a chiffon strapless tank top, bell bottoms, metallic stilettos. You know, it took me a whole, like, five minutes to figure out that was the person I knew. That's, yeah, that's who that is. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we're going to record another episode, so. (laughs) So God help us all. Bye. Bye. Bye.